believe that tonight, don't you? Amen. He's a mighty God. He's proved it time and time again. I did, I did make it out the back door this time, but Brother Dale Orndorff stopped me and ran me back in. So. <laughs> he said, Brother Joe, you run away. <laughs> so, Lord, it, it's tempting. Lord, it's tempting. Putting the, the fine china up tonight and y'all getting dinner on a paper plate. So. <laughs> hey, but if God cooks it, I'd eat it off the ground. So. But uh, I, I appreciate this opportunity. And uh, somebody asked me before, said, do you nervous when Brother Donnie's there? Well, I, I said, yeah, I'm nervous, but I'm glad he's there I said, because nobody pulls like he does. And now that he's here, I was, I was just whistling in the graveyard. So, <laughs> so I don't, I'm really nervous now. So. But uh, I, I believe if, if we give way to him, you know, and, and, and let him make us calm and relaxed, then, uh, you know, you don't want what I got anyway. Um, you didn't come here for that. And uh, I am who I am. I, I'm not going to try to be nobody else. And I, I chop it up. Brother Jimmy Babb told me one time, he said, Brother Joe, you can't eat it until it's chopped up. So we're going we're gonna to puree this thing up tonight. <laughs> so, but uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to the Word. <clears throat> Thank you. Last couple of weeks, um, two or three weeks ago, I'd started studying on a subject that I'd entitled Blaming God. And um, I, when Brother Donnie asked me a couple of days ago, not a couple of weeks ago, so I didn't get a whole lot of notice, I just I did a youth service here um, Monday night. And before I go any further, let me tell you, parents, you're the most blessed people. <laughs> to see the young people sitting here the way they did Monday night, the Lord just pull it out of you. It was, it was wonderful. It, it, any, any minister in this age would have enjoyed to preach in front of them. But I had this thought that I'm, I'm going to be a mess here in a minute. So. I had this thought that I gave, brought to them. It's called the battle is not yours. And the Lord just kept, I had about four pages of notes. Was all, Monday night it was a pretty simple subject. But they actually pulled more out of me than I had. <laughs> and so I, I continued to study on it this week. And um, I'd like to, to bring that to you tonight if you don't mind. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Second uh, Chronicles 20, 13 and 7. Brother Brad, you and Sister Sarah, and forgive me, you're going to hear some of the kind of background on what we talked about Monday. <clears throat> and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of... Madaniah, a Levite. They didn't say he was a prophet. They said he was a Levite. He was a minister. This, was, this man was a minister, not a prophet. Came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. You shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Let's read the blessings on his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day, Lord. Lord, another day that you've gave us to serve you, to live for you, Father. I'm so thankful, Lord. I'm, I'm thankful for this opportunity, Lord. I, I know I'm nervous, Lord. and I'm all, all to pieces standing here, Father, but it's not about me and about how I feel. 
Lord, it's about you feeding your bride. It's about you telling your, your bride, Lord, how you feel about her. Things that you want her to know, Father. Things that will make her better, make her stronger, make her closer to you, Father. It's about you tonight, Lord. So, Lord, we bring this to you tonight, Lord. We ask you to get us out of the way, set us aside, Lord. And as the word comes forth from this vessel, Lord, I need things in my life, too. I need a stronger walk. Everyone here does, Lord. We're not exempt from, from you giving us strength in our lives, Father. I pray that you anoint the word, anoint the ears to hear, Lord, and we welcome you. Have your way tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I'm going to give a little testimony here of why this particular subject is, is, means so much to me. Um, and, and each one of you, could, you have your own testimony. A couple years ago, church was going through some things here. And Brother Jimmy and Bad Brother Jimmy, I hope it's all right. Brother Jimmy and Brother Donnie probably got the brunt of it more than anybody. And I was, I was at work one day, and you ever feel an urge to do something? To the point that very few things in my life that I have felt like the Lord just grabbed my shirt collar and pulled me to do something. And th this was one of them. I didn't, the Lord didn't tell me in an audible voice, but the Lord spoke in my heart and said, go pray with Brother Jimmy. So I come up here, and Brother Jimmy was the only one in the library at the time. And I, I told him, I said, Brother Jimmy, I, I've, I've got to pray with you. Lord's telling me to pray with you. So we went to battle, didn't we, Brother Jimmy? And we prayed. And you, you say, well, Brother Joe, did the problem go away? I have no idea. I never had a burden with it. For again, from that day, I never had another burden for that. Sure. The Lord lifted that weight off of me. Yes, and... It, it, and it, and it just sets something, and you'll see me when I'm in the library sometimes, I call Brother Jimmy a winner. Winner circle's pretty great, ain't it, Brother Jimmy? That's where every one of us should be tonight, in the winner circle. It's, as Jehoshaphat here is, is getting ready to go in this battle, this particular scripture in the Bible has happened to every single child of God. This is a part of your life. And you come in here on Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays. And Jehaziel stands up here and tells you, the battle's not yours. So Jehaziel brought a, a, a sermon to Jehoshaphat and Judah that day. That's, he titled it, the battle's not yours. And so coincidentally, that's the title of my sermon. So I'm not the first one to preach this. So if we can background for a little bit on, on Jehoshaphat here. Jehoshaphat's father, if you know, was, was Asa. And Asa was one of the first kings since David um, to go in and tear down all the, the idol worship, the, the, the high places. They said Asa even, even uh, disposed of his grandmother. Because his grandmother had all these, these, these idol temples and, and these groves built. And he destroyed them all. So, and Asa had kind of dealt with the same thing that Jehoshaphat's getting ready to come through. And Asa prayed to the Lord. said, we're your people, you're our God. Please fight for us. Do this for us. And Asa had 35 years of peace. 35 years of peace. So war hadn't been in Judah for 30, over 35 years. And here's Jehoshaphat. He's in the land that God gave him. They have all this, these things that God gave them, and for some reason, the Menuhites, the Ammonites, the Moabites decide they're going to come take it. But Jehoshaphat, he didn't, he didn't get all worked up. And I, I don't know if they have it on the screen, but I, I brought up the amplified, ver, amplified version of Jehoshaphat's prayer. Jehoshaphat says, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand. 
There was no one able to stand against you. Oh, our God, did not you drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If an evil comes upon us, or the sword of judgment, or the plague, or the famine, we will we shall we'll stand. I want you to remember that we will stand. We're going to get into that here in a minute. But he's telling we're going to stand. He didn't say we're going to fight. He didn't say we're going to do this, that, that. He said we're going to stand. We're going to stand before this house and before you and for your name and your presence is in this house. And we will cry out to you in our distress. And you will hear and save us. He had no doubts what God was going to do. He said, God, I'm going to ask for this and you're going to give it. Now behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you have not allowed Israel to invade when they come from the land of Egypt. For they have turned away from them and did not, did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to drive out us out of, our, out of your possessions. Lord, they're, they're driving us out of what you've given us. They're driving us out of what is really yours. So here, these enemies of Judah... They're standing on God's ground. When we, we talked, um, the, uh, the name of the wilderness of Jeruel, it's, it's founded by God. That's what it means, founded by God. God tells him, said, you go up to the edge of that which is mine, and you stand there, and you wait there. I'll fight for what's mine. This is my possessions. The enemy's not going to take my possessions. You stand off of it. Just stand there. <clears throat> Rewarding us by coming to drive out, drive us out of your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless against this great multitude, which is coming against us. He was right. The Bible says, I told the young people the other night, the devil's a worthy adversary. If you was to face him on your own, you wouldn't have no chance. Absolutely no chance. And Jehoshaphat knew that. He wasn't saying, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're nothing, just nothing. We're just nothing without you. We are powerless against this great multitude which cometh against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What a place to have your eyes. You can have your eyes all over your circumstances. You can have your eyes on your symptoms and your problem, whatever your problem is. You can, you can look at, look at your, your loved ones that are falling off. You can have your eyes on that or you can have your eyes on him. <clears throat> so Jehoshaphat is, is saying we're going to stand and trust you. We don't know what, what we want, know what to do is totally relevant. Just because you don't know what to do, that means nothing to God. God don't need your know-how anyway. That's where we get messed up is when we get to the point we figured out how to fix it. Jehoshaphat didn't even try to fix it. He didn't even attempt to fix it. He said, my eyes are on you. Look, look, at, look at the military. Military does not move until the captain or the general, whoever tells them what to do and where to go. What maneuvers to make. <clears throat> So let's remember what they were fighting. Let's kind of look at what they were fighting for. This is land that was promised to them when God promised this to Abraham. Many, many years before. He said, this, this land is yours and, the, and to your seed. As many as your seed shall be as the stars of the heavens, the sands of the seas. And this is what they're fighting for. Brother Branham says, in possessing all things. Then like when Abraham, what did God tell him? This land belongs to you. What's in it is yours. Look east. North, west, and south, it's all yours. Amen. Everything here. I want you to come journey in a strange land. I'm going to make you heir of that land. I'll give you this to you, you and your seed for, forever, you have, forever. Now, Abraham, the only thing he had to do was put his faith on that promise, pick up his sword and take off. When the crucial moment came, he got down there and God fought his battle. Amen. And when he fought the battle, he slaughtered the kings. Everybody here is going to fight something. Everybody here is, is fighting something. You've got something in your life. You've got a problem. Everyone's different. But there's not one single person in here that has a problem that you're not fighting. That's part of being a son and daughter of God. If you're not fighting everything, anything, you better check your life with the Word. 
Because you're going to fight to gain anything, you have to fight for it. Your, your problem might be financial, it might be depression, it might be sickness, it might be disease. It might be a lost loved one. You might have a loved one on, on drugs. You might have a lost husband, a lost wife. Everybody has got something. You might struggle with bitterness. You might struggle with, with jealousy. You might struggle with different things in your life. That does not make you, take you away from being a seed of God. You can rest assured if you're fighting, Satan ain't got you. If you're fighting, Satan's not on the ground that you're possessing. <clears throat> but you're going to fight for everything God gave you. God's just not going to hand it to you. You're not, you're not just going to reach up and God's going to hand it to you and you're going to take it and you're going to sit down and get under a palm tree and, and sip lemonade. It don't work that way. You're on a battlefield. Every, every, every day. <clears throat> so you might wonder to yourself, why, why am I not gaining ground? Why, why am, I, am I going nowhere? Everybody goes through those times. Everybody goes through the time. Remember when Brother Branham said God didn't talk to him for, for a long time. He didn't feel his presence. didn't feel anything. You know, if the prophet, if the prophet was that way, if God would pull himself away from the prophet to feel in his presence and, and not talking to him, who are we? You know? God uses those times to see what you do to mold you and shape you. If you can trust God in the times, if you can trust God in the times when you, you feel him nowhere. When you know, you, you, you got these days, we've all had them when, when you, you go to work and you feel just like it's so down, like this heavy weight is on your chest and you don't know what to do. And it's day after day, the same weight, the same weight. And Satan talking to you. He's not there. He don't hear you. If you can trust God through those times, but don't let that faith and that trust waver in those times. You're gaining ground you don't even know. You're possessing more ground. Let's, let's read this. I told the young people, I think this scripture here, I've read it just about in half or more of my sermons, but I, I love it. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit. It's a military term to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader. Now when we think of resist, we're going to look at this word. When we think of resist, sometimes you think of, you know, over in the third world countries or in Ireland places, you know, they've got these, these rebels they call the resistance. And they go out and they force warfare upon their opponent and all that. That's ain't what this means. It doesn't say fight the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't say gather an army together. Get all your brothers and sisters together and you're not moving unless you get called one great big prayer meeting and you're going nowhere. It says resist. Let's look at the word. To withstand, to make firm, to fix, establish. To cause a person or a thing to keep his or its place. So don't move. When he says stand, Jehoshaphat says we will stand. That's what he's saying. We're going to resist. Let's look at the rest. To stop, stand still. To stand immovable, stand firm of the foundation of a building. To, to continue safe and sound, stand unharmed. To stand ready or prepared. To be a steadfast mind of quality, one who does not hesitate and does not waver. That does not mean... For you to take it upon yourself to take care of your problem. We get more trouble fixing our own problems. And I can raise my hand on that. I've gotten myself in so much trouble fixing my own problems. And I might get in trouble fixing some more. Because I'm human, I'm, I'm flesh. But I pray to God those intervals in between me fixing my problems get greater and greater. And my, my fixing gets less and less. So that's what, if we listen here, this is what Jehaziel is telling Jehoshaphat and him. Basically, he's telling him James 4, 7. Submit yourself to God. The God who gave you this possession. The God who gave you this land. And resist. You stand immovable. You stand intact. You establish yourself on the place that God told you to stand and don't move. 
It always baffled me how the children of Israel, through their journey through the wilderness, you know, Branham and historians, you know, told you it's probably only a four days journey from, from Egypt to the promised land. But they wandered, for, we know they wandered 40 years. And it always baffled me that as soon as they get out of Egypt, they've seen the miracles in Egypt. They've seen the flies, they've seen the lice, they've seen the water turn to blood, they've seen the firstborns killed of the Egyptians. All the miracles that God performed before they ever left. And then when they leave, they get up to the Red Sea. And the whole way, here's a supernatural cloud in front of them. There's a supernatural pillar of fire in front of them. They know that's made of God. They know that no man could have done that. And yet they murmured and complained in the face of God. If God himself was to come into your room one day when you're complaining, fussing about something simple that he could have fixed, then you're complaining about it. You're all tore about it. And you're, you're, you're just wretched inside and you don't know what to do. And you can't believe this is happening to you. And so if God himself appeared in that, in that room with you, in a pillar of fire, in a body form, whatever it was, would you keep complaining? And you knew it was God. Would you keep complaining? Would you still murmur? Would you say, God, I can't believe you let this come on me. There's no, it's impossible. It would never happen. But that's exactly what they were doing in the face of God. And always, it just always stumbled me, I guess, to say that how could they do that? You see the miracles. You see things in your life. How is it that sometimes, you know, we testify that God has done this for us and done this for us and the next problem arises? We're complaining again. Didn't you just testify three months ago that He healed you? That He fixed the financial situation you was in? Your car was down, you did, broke down, you didn't know what to do, so you got on your knees and prayed. Two hours later, it's running fine. And then some little thing hit us that we don't know what to do. Hey, that, that's, that's life. That's, that's life as a human being. But this, this human being needs to learn to become subject to the Word. I, I told the young people the other night, I absolutely believe that this bride is going to get to the point where it trusts God so much for every single thing that happens in her life. It's going to bring her to such a point of maturity. God ain't got no choice but to bring her out. I absolutely believe that with all my heart, Brother Terry. She's going to reach that point of maturity. When she, hey, why, why, does God, why does God fight your battles? Why? Why would God fight your battles? We can throw a lot of, we can throw a lot of guesswork and reasons out there. If a man was to come up to your wife at Walmart and salt her, call her a filthy name, would you fight her battle? Love is the only reason why God fights your battle. You complete him. Just like your wife, your wife completes you. There's nothing anybody could ever do to my wife. You know, listen, you, you, you turn up your cheek. If they hit me, I might. It wasn't my cheek they hit. You know, I, I just, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll ask forgiveness later. But I, I, hope, I hope to God I would defend my wife's honor. And that's, that's what God is doing. You are the queen of heaven. Amen. And anybody or anything that comes against his queen, he's going to fight. Yeah. Hey, this, this was a promise he made before the foundation of the world, before you were ever created. I will fight your battles. You don't have to do anything. Submit yourself to your husband and stand. That's all he's saying. <clears throat> So like I was saying, it, it always, to me, and God showed himself, God showed himself that he loved Israel. Yeah. He showed that he loved them. Amen. Time and time again. Amen. And yet, they complained. They murmured. Yeah. Not, never happy with anything. Nothing God done them. God gave them manna out of heaven. Yeah. 
they complained. He gave them quails out of heaven. Forty years, their clothes never, never got old. Their shoes never wore out. How would you like to get up 30 years later and put on a coat that you had 30 years ago and it's like brand new? And then complain. <clears throat> it's impossible to lose when you give the battle to God. If, God, if, if Israel had, a, if they had trusted God right from the get-go when they left Egypt, if they'd have trusted Him then, they'd have been there in four days. But see, they didn't trust God. They didn't even trust God when they got into the land. When God told them to destroy everybody, everything in there, push them out, push them out. That's what we talked about last time I preached here. The, um, what I preach about. The heir's possessions. They didn't push them out. And it came back later upon them. And God said, I'll do it for you. So what battles are you fighting? Are you getting weary trying to fight these battles yourself? I hope that myself and everybody in here leaves here tonight with a different outlook on the problems in your life. Because this is my second time preaching this this week. So I've got no excuses. <laughs> in reading this, you know, I, I got to think, what do we fight? What do the children of God fight every day? And I was searching through the scriptures and I found Ephesians 6.12. And I, I like... Um, the amplified version on that. It brings it down to where I can understand it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. That's why Brother Branham said that a spiritual demon, a religious demon, was the worst demon there was. When, when you fight those, when Satan comes against you, when the pastor's up here or the preacher's up here preaching the word and Satan's talking to you, that's not right. That's not right. Them spiritual demons. That's what he's saying right here against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural places. That's Satan's battle. He knows he can't tell you, you know, you're not a son or daughter of God. He knows you've got that seal down in here. But the ground that he wants to take from you, the ground that he wants to take from you is... is the things that come upon you, he makes you doubt that God can fight that battle for you. He makes you think that you need to get your hands all over it. What happens when we do that? So as you fight these battles, there was a few children of Israel, Joshua and Caleb, you know that they didn't let the doubters get to them, the complainers. You're going to have them. You're going to have them. Listen, you, you look, look at the, if you want to call them message believers that have pulled away into their own thing. You know, some of you got family members that have done that. And they talk to you and try to pull you out of this. Pull you away from the real word of God. Try to pull, pull you in something that, it, that was spawned out of hell. Listen, it, it's real. It's, it's real. You might not fight, fight battles of, of, of lust. You might not fight ba battles of alcohol and smoking and porn and all this stuff. That might not be your battle. Your daily battle might be this message right here. Because that's the only thing Satan knows how to fight you with. He knows this word, back, front, frontwards and backwards. And he knows the little parts of it that you struggle with. So if you're struggling with something, Give it to God. Amen. God, I don't understand this. I, I, have, I have struggled with things in my life and, and prayed on the way to church. Lord, I, I, need, I don't understand this. I need this. And sit right back there and it, it revealed his, his ABCs to me. When God fights for you, it ain't hard. It, it, ain't, it ain't hard. But don't let somebody's unbelief stumble you. I got, in studying this, I got to think about something about David that I never thought of before when, when he went to, to fight Goliath. David went into the camp to bring his brother something to eat. Everybody there was bigger than him. Everybody was stronger than him. Everybody was more physically prepared. Everybody knew how to do battle. Everybody had more equipment. Everybody was older. 
And all he heard was, nobody in our army can beat that guy. We're going to be defeated. Because when our best challenger, if anybody gets enough nerve to go out there and fight Goliath, he's going to kill him, and then their army's going to kill all of us. How would you like to walk into your day like that? To start your day with everybody saying, you're going to be defeated today. You're going to lose today. You know that battle that you've been dreading for so long? It's coming today and you're going to lose. How would you like to walk into that? That's exactly what David walked into. But the thing about David, he never listened to one single word. He never listened to anything he said. Because David never trusted himself. David had no trust in his own abilities. When David got there, he had no idea what he was going to... He didn't... You know, God had a plan. All David was was a puppet. And God went through his playbook and said, Yeah, I think I'll use the stone slingshot today. And that's what happened. David didn't figure this out. Next time I go up against somebody, I'm going I'm to use my slingshot. Hey, you, you, you can't plan your battles ahead of time. You can't plan on what you're going to do tomorrow when that battle hits you. You can't plan for it. David didn't plan for it. Listen, and, and I've, I've used it before, and I, and I apologize. I don't mean it to use, be carnal. But it's like a coach in a football game. Y'all think If some of y'all think that's carnal, I, I pray that you're forgiven. But a coach in a football game, all that player is doing is performing the mind of the coach. He tells him, this is what I want you to do. And they go out there and do it. That's all David was doing. David was acting on the mind of the coach. He said, hey, the coach said, listen, David, this plan has never failed. It's never failed. It's never been used before, but it's never failed. This is the first time, and it's foolproof. God didn't have to, to test his product. So every time you come up in a new battle, if you, if you let God into the battle, it's not going to fail. God has not yet come up upon a problem that he don't know what to fix. But yet in our minds, God, this is a new one. This is a new one. You've never done this before. You've never had a problem like mine, God. Probably right, but it's still no problem. God's way of fixing things is foolproof. He's never failed one time. If he did, he's not God. So look at David. David goes in here and all he's hearing is, is all this negative stuff. This is what's going to happen. You know, and, and there's, there's no way. We're defeated. They were defeated without even picking up a sword. They were defeated. And God used David to fight the battle. David had absolutely no physical ability to beat Goliath. Couldn't have beat Goliath. There's no, it's impossible for a little ruddy guy like Brother Branham called him. Probably a teenager. It was impossible to him. For David, without God, to beat that giant. It's impossible for you to fix your problem. But you have someone that can battle. Listen, like, if, if nothing else you remember, remember the title of my sermon tonight. The battle is not yours. God said, I'll freely take it from you if you'll just let me have it. <clears throat> And that's Satan's job. He'll make you think you're in the battle alone. That's, that's what he does. It makes you think you have a better chance to do it your way. Listen, in life story, Brother Brandon said, that's the way it is, anything. As long as you're going to do it. If someone talks about you and you talk about them, God can't fight your battle. You're fighting it yourself. So if somebody talks about you and you fix them on Facebook, I don't care if you use a scripture to fix them. That ain't God. That's not God. That's you straightening them out on your own with no authority. Brother Bram says, 
God can't fight your battle. You're fighting it for yourself. Just let loose and let Him do it. Amen. Just commit it to Him. The greatest weapon that I know of a Christian today is a committal to God. Amen. When you can't do nothing about it, just commit it to Him and God will take care of it. Do you believe that? Amen. So why would we try to fix a problem on our own if God said, I'll fix it for you? I told the young people the other night, if, an easy way for, to, for them to get the picture of what I'm saying is we play tug-of-war with God. We take your problem, and you play tug-of-war with God with your problem. God says, let me fix it for you. And you say, no, God, I'm going to fix it. God says, no, let me fix it. And you say, no, I think I got this this time. And you play, you're never going to win. You're never going to win. Even if, if God says, okay, I'll let you fix it, you're still not going to win. It's impossible. <clears throat> He's trying to take the battle from you and you keep pulling it out of his hands. You keep saying, I'll fix it. Look, look at Moses in the Bible. That's what he did. God said, speak to the rock. This was God's game plan. Speak to the rock. And I'll bring forth water. But Moses smote the rock. So Moses fixed the problem his way. He didn't let God do it. He, he done it himself. We, we smite the rock and we wonder why sometimes we're not growing. We're not getting blessed. Because we're smiting the rock in our life. We're smiting and God can't move. Because you're doing it. And he says, let me do it. What was he supposed to do? Speak. Just speak. Stand and speak. And parents, sometimes we do that in our kids' life. Listen to me a minute. We smite the rock in our kid's life. You wonder why your kid is not growing spiritually. Why your kid cannot overcome certain battles in his life. Why there's no growth spiritually. He's coming in here. She's coming in here. Sitting. Service after service after service. And you can't figure out what's wrong. Because every time they get a battle in their life, you're fixing it for them. You're pulling out the wallet. You're pulling out the checkbook. You're calling the school, fixing their problem. Hey, if they're son and daughter of God too, they're going to go through battles. And they don't need your hands on it. It hurts sometimes. It hurts to see our children go through things in life. But God might be molding them and shaping them in such a way to make them stronger for a greater battle that's coming. And here we are putting our hands. You know, li listen, I, I, I love my kids. And, and, and to see things that come in their life, you know, as you get older and you have kids, you see your kids start to go through some of the battles that you went through. And you think, well, I went through that. I can help them with that. No, you can't. It ain't God's will. It's not God's will. If God's will is for him to, to grow the way you grow through that battle, you best keep your hands from it. So don't play tug of war with your, your kids' battles either. Teach them to stand. Amen. Tell them, say, Johnny, Susie, I'm sorry what you're going through. I'm sorry you have to go through that battle. I can't fix it. But I know who can. Amen. Share with them the testimony of your battle. Share with them what God brought you from. How God got you through that battle. Teach them to pray. Teach them to read. Teach them to listen to the word. Brother Branham said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will make the cripples walk. He will let the devil who afflicted you stand still and see the glory of God. It's not your battle. Just stand still. It's God's battle. God's battle. Don't be frustrated. Don't be upset. Stand still. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. It says, I preach Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Stand still and see the glory of God. It's not your battle to begin with. It's God's battle. It isn't your promise to begin with. It's God's promise. Amen. And here I stand tonight. It's not my worry to find out. He's praying for a, a sister there. He said, it's not my worry to find out about this woman. God promised to do that. That's right. I just stand still and see the glory of God does the work. Whenever Brother Brandon would, they would have a prayer line. And they would come up to him. And God would show him. Brother Branham didn't try to figure out what was wrong with him. He said, that's God's job. 
You know, and how many times have you, you heard him saying, God hasn't showed me. He hasn't showed me. He said, that's, that's God's, that's, that's an issue with God. That, that's God's thing to do right there. That's not mine. So don't, don't be trying to figure out. A lot of times when we get problems in our life, we try to figure out why. It might be just to bring you closer to God. There's no mystery behind it. God's was trying to get you. I don't know how many times I've had things in my life just drive me to my knees. And I knew it. I knew that's what God was wanting me to do. Things that come in my life, and I, and I was thinking, why, Lord, why is this? And almost instantly, you need to pray more. You need to get closer to God. Why? Why did God, God want me closer to Him? I'm His wife. That's His desire. That's, that's, it's, it's, you know, we can complicate it all we want. God fights our battles because He loves us, and He loves us, and He wants us close. It's about as simple as that. Well, Bram says, that's right. He said, God, it's, it's God's promise to do it. That's right. I just stand still and the glory of God does the work. I put, my, I put one of my own words in it. It wouldn't be right. I don't put my words in. I just stand still and let God do it. Amen. It works every time. Amen. Now, a lot of times you might get discouraged when it don't happen instantly. Yeah. God didn't say, as soon as you believe me, I'm going to let it happen. But if he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Amen. I got to look in Gideon and studying this. The thing about Gideon, God, Gideon believed God, but he was a little skeptical. God told him, I want to use you and just a few men to deliver the people. Okay, God, I believe you, but let me put a fleece before you. And God said, okay. Okay, God, I believe you now that you... Confirm that, but let me put another fleece before you. We do that. Gideon was just being a human. I'll read this. I hope it's not too long. It's in Judges 6 and 11. There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was an Oprah, that pertained to Joash. I don't know what he is. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. First thing he told him when he came there, the Lord's with you. Amen. That was the very first words that he told him, the Lord is with you. Amen. Gideon knew he was an angel. So if an angel came to you and said, the Lord's with you, you're going to face a battle. God's with you. You're going to overcome. So would you believe him or would you be skeptical? I, I know why I would do it because I've never, seen an, <laughs> I've never seen an angel. And I guess maybe this might have been common in Gideon's life. I don't know. But Gideon was skeptical. And God had to prove to him. God had to humor Gideon. I'll humor you. Give me another fleece. And that happens in our lives. I, I've done it. I've asked God in, for, for things before. And, and I say, Lord, if you could just show me some kind of sign. There's nothing wrong with that. Brother Branham, I believe Brother Branham told this lady to pray to speak in tongues to confirm to her, you know, that she had the Holy Ghost. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think God wants us to get to a point in our lives. That when he says it, we believe it and trust him. And that's it. You know, just listen, standing will be so much easier. If we, if we learn to trust God, that, that, that's it. Just trust God. Anything you have in your life, the problems that you have, trust God to fight your battles. If God, if God allows a, a battle to come in your life, he trusts you with it. He knows, you know, he won't put a more on you than you can bear. So if God puts a battle in your life, He's not going to put a too big of a battle that you can't get through. He's not going to give you something that's too overwhelming for you. Because nothing is too overwhelming for Him. And He's the one that's going to be doing the fighting. Sometimes we, we, we look at the battle itself. 
instead of the battle plan. We look at the battle. And that Satan's job in our life is to make us to look at the battle. And put blinders on and all we see what's in front of us. And God says, I've got the battle plan right here. And we totally forget the battle plan. And the battle plan is just like, I'll fight for you. Let me have it. There's the battle in front of you. You stand right here. Resist. Submit yourself to me. And I'll fight for you. <clears throat> Listen, if he ever gets to the point where he needs me to help him run our battles, then God's in bad shape. If he ever needs me, because I'm a poor excuse for help. I can't even hardly help myself. So I can't, you know. But I, I just don't see ever God getting to the, the point. God says just remain motionless. Remain unmovable. Glue yourself to that spot and watch what I can do. <clears throat> Brother Bram says, what more can God do? Be still now and know that he's God. Not, it's not your battle. They had prayed and he said to the army, go down there and just stand still and watch my glory. While they were two days packing the spoils away, he put the enemy in such confusion, such a riot, till they killed each other. Certainly. And if you'll just be still now, and know that God made you the promise. He gave it by the Bible. He confirmed it by His resurrection. He showed it through His church. He displayed it here tonight. What more can He do? What does God, what does God have to do to get us to trust Him? <clears throat> if, if, you, if God's fighting for you, people are going to know it. Your life is going to be a testimony. It, it just is. The bad part is, is when you forget and other people remember. I, I brought that the other night with, with Rahab. Here the spies go into Jericho. The spies go into Jericho. And this is a Gentile dog nation. And she began to testify what God had done for them. She knew what God had done for them. They had forgot 40 years past. They had forgotten what God had done for them in Egypt. They had forgotten what God had done to them at the Red Sea. What God had done to them all the, way, all the way through up to that journey. They'd forgotten. They were murmuring, complaining the whole way. And here some Gentile dog tells them, you remember what God done for you? Our whole city trembles because of what God has done for you. <clears throat> this is what Rahab tells them. I know that the Lord hath given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen upon us. The Lord hath given you the land. The Lord has, is going to fight for you and the Lord has given you this land. She was, test, she was testifying it wasn't them. She was testifying God was fighting their battles. <clears throat> so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea because of you. We heard how... It says... For when you come out of Egypt, what you did at uh, Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed, we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God in heaven, your Lord, Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Amen. She was testifying that God was fighting their battles. And if you're allowing God to fight your battles... People are going to see it. People are going to know it. Just don't get to the point where you forget. <clears throat> if you, if you, if remembrance, remembrance will strengthen your faith. Remembrance strengthens faith. Anytime you get something in your life that drags you down, a battle or something that comes up against you, remember what he done for you. Remember what he done for your brothers and sisters. Listen, I can't fight your battles for you, but I can stand with you. I can be unmovable with you. Yeah. I can resist with you. This is a body move. It's a body move. Don't, don't think you're in this alone. You're not in this alone. But there ain't a single person in here who can fight your battle. But everybody in here can stand with you. That's a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith. Like I've said it before, there comes to a point in your life where sometimes you're too weak, you're too sick, you're too discouraged, you're too much in grief to have the right kind of faith that you need. 
But the body heals itself. So with everybody that's standing with you, everybody that's trusting God with you, everybody with you is allowing God standing still and watching God fight your battle with you. That's a lot of faith. That's a lot of trusting God. We've been blessed. I was, I was telling, telling them the other night, if God never blesses me again, never gives me one single blessing the rest of my life, He's blessed me way more than I ever, could ever be blessed. If God, just the fact that God gave His only begotten Son to die on a cross, that's more blessing than you ever deserve. Everything He gave you after that is just added treasure. That's because He loves you. He's going he's to give his wife things. That's what he does. He's going to shower his wife with blessings. He's going to shower with, with, with love. All he asks her to do is trust. That's all he's asking us to do is, is trust. <clears throat> you're going to walk out that door today, tonight. As soon as you walk out the door, you're going to be in a battle. You might be in a battle before you leave here. Right. Satan's not going to like it when you come in here and listen to a battle plan. Amen. He hates that worse than anything. You're going to come back in the morning and you're going to hear more on the battle plan. That's what the Word does. It arms us. It readies us for, for the battles that lie ahead. You know? you know, yeah, sure, we come in here, we get blessed so many times. We get, we get blessed. But the end result... The end result of all the blessings that you get, even, even the whippings we get in here sometimes. I'm going to tell my wife. This, this is a rose to Brother Donnie. My wife was telling me a couple months ago, she said, you know how visiting ministers come in there. <laughs> Sorry, honey. You know how visiting ministers come in there and they start preaching hard and then they say, I don't mean to preach hard at you. She said, don't they know who our pastor is? <laughs> so we can take anything. <laughs> we have more love calluses than any church in the message. And, and I'm, I'm thankful. <clears throat> but tonight as we stand... You know me, I don't go long. <clears throat> I hope this has helped you. It helped me in studying it. I just, you know. <clears throat> it's impossible to lose when God's fighting for you. It's impossible. Listen, the sun would fail to come up tomorrow is more likely than God not fighting for you. But I, would, I would trust in God more to fight my battles than I would the sun would come up if we had another day. That's how much I, I trust. Yeah, I'm going to go through my times, Brother Donnie, where you know, I'm going to get discouraged because of the battle I'm in. It might be a new battle that I've never been in before. But hey, I, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know who fights my battles. And when we get to the point, people are going to realize who's fighting for you. People are going to have to testify who your deliverer is, who your Savior is, who your warrior is. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe very Terry that we got much more time. I believe we're fighting the hardest battles this bride's ever had, ever on the face of the earth. In the battles like us, the, the young people have to fight nowadays, it's unbelievable. I have to deal with, with young people in, in my work. And, um, it, it's sad. It, it's horrendous. Words cannot describe the things. Some of y'all that, that work out there with that kind of stuff, you see the way people are now, the way they're raising their kids. It, it's unbelievable. It's, it's Satan's eating. There's, there's no doubt. But he said, while you're here, I'll fight for you. Let's bow our heads if we can. Heavenly Father, 
Lord, I thank you for your presence tonight, Lord. I thank you for speaking to my heart, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share what you put on my heart. Lord, this particular subject is near and dear to me. Because, Lord, we live in an age where warfare on the bride, Lord, has is, is reached an all-time high. Satan has finding new ways to attack the bride, Lord, spiritually, physically, mentally. But, Lord, we know that your plan is foolproof. It doesn't matter what Satan brings against us, Lord. It doesn't matter what, what his battle plan is. Lord, you, you, you did the completed battle plan before the foundation of the world. You had it all drawn up. You had it all written out. Father, you knew what I would face up to the very last day of my life. And in all of that, the very bottom of that you wrote, I will fight for you. It, it don't matter. It don't matter what Satan brings against me, Lord. Nothing is too great. Lord, the battle that, that David went through, the same God that came upon David when he slew Goliath. The same God that fought for Jehoshaphat, Lord. You said, I am God, I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your battle plan hasn't changed, Lord. You're still fighting for your people. You're still fighting for your bride. Lord, help us to do our part and trust. Help us to do our part and stand. Just stand there, Lord. Brother Brandon said, Lord, just stand and watch the glory of God. Lord, when we don't stand, we mess things up. We muddle it up, Lord. We get our hands on it. We try to change the battle plan to fit our desire and our needs. Lord, sometimes your battle plan, Father, might bring a little more grief on us than what we really wanted. But Lord, you know all things and you'll get glory in the end no matter what. Lord, I pray that somebody was touched tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray that this, if one person walks out of here, Lord, a little stronger, because the battle they got this week, Lord, coming up, they don't know what to do, Father. Lord, you have the answer. You know the need of every person here. You know every battle they fight, Lord. Lord, I pray tonight that we keep our hands off of it. I thank you for it, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. Pray that you bless Brother Donnie, Lord, for having confidence in me, Lord. We invite you to come tonight, Lord. Touch each need, wherever it may be, Father. Thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Harry, whatever you want, buddy. He's got it all in control. He's got it all in control. He put that reassurance way down in my
How many enjoyed the word of the Lord tonight? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. Certainly appreciate that tonight. Amen. Every time he preaches, it's just a, a blessing to us. Amen. I told him that last time he preached. It's just always looking forward to it when I hear that he's going to be ministering for us. So, amen. Thank you, Lord Joe. Amen. Let's sing that little course as we're dismissed tonight. Uh, Let the storms rage high. The dark clouds rise. They don't worry me. Sheltered in the arms of God. I don't know what key that's in. We'll, we'll try a key. Amen. Let's sing that. Service in the morning at 11. Amen. Come expecting. Come believing. Amen. Oh, so let the storms rage high. The dark clouds rise. They Thank you.